Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. The podcast that will trust me. My name is Chris, I am your host, and uh, this evening we have plenty to get through and a full house with which to do it. So, from left to right as usual, good evening, Phil. Good evening. And good evening, Rich. Good evening. And good evening, welcome back, Jez. Hello. You right. Uh, no time to mess around this evening because uh, we want to be uh, able to wrap in time to watch the second semi-final uh, of a certain competition called de France, which is where we're going to start this week's action. And uh, we will start with the Lyon PSG tie, which was played last night, and then we'll look back at the weekend's action following that. So um, let me come to you first, Phil, because I believe you saw this on. French TV, um, PSG going behind, and then when you poke the bear, this is what happens. They ended up losing 5-1. Kirsty uh, <laughs> and Mbappe, Hattrick, Neymar and Pablo Sarabia. And Fernando Macau sent off in or just on the hour mark. Um, due to wonderful British television, I was restricted to very small highlights of this, as I think Rich was as well at our best. Um, watching it live, was it a 5-1 or... Well, on the victims, as a lot of their fans are saying today. Well, the, the thing is, as as a Montpellier fan, obviously five one scorelines involving Leon make me nervous. But this was um, this was an odd one. It was very much you know the whole game of two halves, etc., etc. Because early doors, both sides came out, looked very vibrant, went for it. Terrier scored in the eleventh minute. Everybody went very happy that didn't last long because Mbappe got his first three minutes later but then there was an, another close miss from Terrier Cavani had a goal ruled out for offside we got to half time 1-1 and it looked fairly level and everything was going well and you were looking at Leon going okay uh, Terry is playing very well. Dembele looks good. He just needs to, you know, have a few more chances to get something in the back of the net. Grimaish is is being brilliant um, as uh, as he has been since coming in. And then when Marcel got sent off, possibly harshly, but it was a second yellow rather than a straight red. Everything kind of degenerated quite quickly from there from a Leon point of view in the last kind of hour Neymar fancied down the penalty in Mbappe second was just a glorious kind of solo run um, Sarabia there was a, a marvellous gold mouth scramble um, including loads of people falling over and stuff like that and then Mbappe getting his hat trick in, in injury time so PSG really just, when they scented blood, picked up the ball and ran with it. Uh, but the first half, it looked fairly level. So that sending off really did make a, a big difference. And you know, part of you thinking, if that hadn't happened, what would have happened? But that's all obviously quite academic now. Yeah, yeah. What's what was your thoughts, Jez, in, in terms of this? I mean, it was a a man sent off. Obviously, not the most popular man in, in Leon this season already. That probably doesn't help. Um, you've got Kylian Mbappe, who, for all his sort of shortcomings in the attitude department, sometimes is 
looking to me starting to find the form that particularly France will be quite keen on uh, before the summer, if indeed we have a Euros. Um, more on that later. Um, he's finding his form. PSG sort of kicking and in, clicking into gear. But how much of this, based upon what you saw, was was about PSG being exceptional and how much of it was about Leon not getting the breaks and shooting themselves in the foot a bit? Um, I think it's a little bit of both or neither. I'm not sure Leon really shot themselves in the foot. As, as Phil said, the, the, the sending off was understandable, but a little bit unlucky. I mean, it wasn't, you know, mm. the most stupid rush of blood to the head. It wasn't like his own goal. For it's example. not what he's done before, basically. <laughs> That's what we're saying. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Terrier had a good chance to to put Leon two one up. But it was, I think, in a, in a way, it was very similar to the to the PSG Leon um, sort of early last season, where PSG ran out five nil winners, and you look at that and you think, well, they absolutely slaughtered them. But for for a good hour, it was pretty much level. Um, so I think that there are sort of, though it's strange to say it, there's kind of positives to take from from Leon's performance. In a way, it has sort of continued from the last couple of performances. It's just that I suppose, as Garcia said, it's it's pretty difficult to play a team like that um, when you're down to ten men, and more than a team like that. I mean, the form that Mbappe has been in in the last two matches has just been obscene, and I think I think he's getting you know Lekib went big on on um on the fact that that there's not the fans favorite and all that kind of thing the other day and I know other people have have rung with it like Matt Spiro wrote an article off the back of it for example I think people have been a little bit harsh on him I mean certainly I think Matt sort of opened his with like talking about how everyone's criticized Mbappe for the Rabona that he tried against Saint-Étienne. I haven't seen a single piece of criticism about that anywhere. I think it was fantastic. And I think most people thought that as well. There's a time and a place, and I don't think he does it in the same, uh, for me, sort of nasty calculated way that Neymar often does. Um, and yeah, maybe he's got issues with PSG and with PSG fans. And there was that attitude thing against Montpellier, but I think people are blowing it a little bit out of proportion. And generally, you know, you said return to form. He scored 30 goals this season. It's, hmm. To do that, you've got to be in form pretty much during the whole campaign. And I think he even had um, a couple of weeks out with injuries this year as well. So, um, you know, he, he is in another class. And at times he is a little bit too selfish and self-indulgent on the pitch. But... Certainly, the last two matches. I mean, when you also consider that he laid he laid one on a plate for Cavani at the weekend, and Cavani missed an absolute sitter yesterday. There was a fantastic dummy that um, to to free Neymar, and Neymar blasted it over. So his, you know, he didn't get an assist for the first goal at the weekend, but pretty much made the goal himself. He he's just on fire at the moment, and you know it's difficult to play him when you've got eleven men, let alone when you've got ten. Mm. So I think Leon can be relatively proud. The only thing that I'd say that um, possibly they need to kind of worry about is that as fantastic as Gimaraes has been in the last three matches, he's been fantastic for the first half, maybe a little bit longer. And then in all three, and the whole team has done likewise, he's kind of faded a bit. So they need to work out a way either to get the very best out of him for 90 minutes or maybe until he's sort of 
more match fit or more used to the team or, or whatever, um, to maybe look to substitute him earlier. But um, I do think they look like they're on the right track. The only thing is they look like they were on the right track you know, six weeks ago and then went on a terrible run. So, you know, they really need to maintain this one until the end of the season. And they got a very tough match on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. No, I think um, also there was obviously queries before the game would OL play three or four at the back because obviously they played three at the back against Juventus. That went well. They'd done it earlier in the season against PSG. And whether that would give them a bit more defensive solidity. But, you know, it's a, it's a one-off game. So when they came out with four at the back, when you looked at how that situation was set up, it looked, it looked pretty good. The, the kind of um, three men in midfield that we were talking about before, Gimarish, uh, Tusanawa, you know, there's, there's a lot there. And that's that's must be the really frustrating thing for the Leon fans who, I mean, obviously, if you get a guy sent off, you're going to be bitching about that. But there really was a sense here of they were holding PSG and they were giving as good as they got. Yes, things dropped off later on, but they were being pummeled at that point. If that red card hadn't been given that's just one of those things I think it's going to haunt a lot of uh, Lyon fans for a while mm. yeah yeah I think it, it, you look at the result in isolation and I suppose if you're not a follower of French football you just go oh yeah PSG turned up and won standard but it, it's not no. always about that um Rich I know obviously like me your viewing pleasure was restricted um due to the wonderful country we live in I'm sure but um What's your kind of thoughts, uh, particularly as a as a fan of of Ren, who are looking to book their place in the final um, as they they play this evening? So obviously we don't know at the time of recording. Um, Saint Etienne is, is the opponent. What's your sort of thoughts on 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 how that final could could progress, subject to Ren getting there? And, and what's your kind of biggest fear? Is it that PSG are looking looking sort of uh, monstrous again, so to speak, and particularly that form of Mbappe, is, is that your worry or, or do you, you sort of with the other two in, in thinking that this is a bit of a freak result, if not that they did deserve to win the game overall? No fear. Being there, <laughs> done. Be, 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 <laughs> How did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> um, I'm, to be perfectly honest, I, I'm, I'm more worried about the match tonight. Mm. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's horrible balls up written in the stars it feels but no I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have too many fears um ultimately if I'm thinking negatively I'm thinking at least last season we got the the trophy sort of jinx out of the way um and no matter what you know you'd be going in as second favorite and and you know a very very long long very long odds um to get a result from there but I, I wouldn't have too much worry, um, to be perfectly honest. Um, as I say, I you, you just go in just as confident. But you know, I'm, I'm that's as far as I'm probably going to talk about Ren being in the final because of <laughs> how concerned I am over the match tonight. Yeah, yeah I think um, um, one thing that um, our good friend uh, Tarek Amir said in his preview of OLPSG was looking at the last five games they've played. And PSG had actually conceded 10 in the last five games, which 
suggests that their traditionally solid defence has taken a bit of a bit of a dive recently. Obviously, they they beat Dijon four 0 at the weekend, but um, there's you know they're they're not um, invulnerable, yeah. and uh, so that's something that. Uh, you know, we can all maybe look forward to with some uh, with some interest, just to keep yeah. things interesting. Apart from anything else, what was the news on Thiago Silva's injury as well? What was the outcome of that? Because he went off, didn't he, in the um, uh, most recent league game? I think it was with Bordeaux. Did he? Has there been any reports on what that injury is, or what? That... He's out for the Dortmund game. Oh, he is. Okay, but that's that's not a. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Marquinhos back in his preferred position. Um, one other final note, or one final mention to this game was I did enjoy Laban Kazawa's uh, acknowledgement of the three. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> footballers never fail to surprise me in their stupidity. Um, There's a bunch of people claiming that this is a a comedic reference to his injury because yeah. you said point de suture for sitches. But I think he's just seriously, <laughs> that was not what he meant to say. No, nice little bit of PR there, but me thinks not somehow. God bless him. Um, as we mentioned, uh, St Etienne face Ren um, in roughly half an hour's time, uh, time of recording. So we will uh, we'll, we'll either cover that in, in a little bit of detail next week, or if Rich is on, we just won't mention it at all. Who knows? Um, <laughs> for more updates on that. But uh, I think it's fair to say that that one should, I, it's got a bit of a potential to be a decent tie that I think Sanetian could do with the distraction and mm. Ren obviously will be looking to get back to the final again. Yeah, Ren Arfa, I did the preview earlier, uh, which is up on the site. Ren are favourites, but it's not marked the difference. Mm. And obviously Sanetian are at home. Now Kazri and Hamuma are out, who are two players that you'd say they desperately need in terms of actually scoring some goals. Ruffier is not in the squad. Um, okay, of, dropped as well. Yeah, whatever. Um, so there's, yeah, there's a lot going on at Saint-Étienne, but basically if they're going to get any joy out of this season, it's going to be in the cup. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, and there's... They've got four three three as well in their in their it looks like they're four three three they're lining up in with Ren sort of matching up in a four four two with two forwards. So it's a decent look two fairly strong looking sides, it has to be said, pretty much full strength. So yeah, be interesting to see who comes out on top of that one. Um as I say, we will cover that next week. Uh, we will um we will stick with St. Etienne now as we uh, take a trip back to last weekend's Liga action and the, the game that wrapped up the weekend's action is the game where we will start. Uh, Jez, I will come to you first of all. Uh, Leon with a 2-0 victory over St Etienne. Um, this was for me, watching as a as a fan, kind of the classic game of two halves in the at, at halftime Leon were one up and could have been four or five up. And then second half St Etienne, they showed a bit of fight. I wouldn't say they created a huge amount, but their their defensive awareness was much better. They were pressing higher. They carved out a few opportunities, albeit half chances. Probably missed the best chance in the first half, it has, has to be said through Dioni. Um, they're in trouble though, aren't they? Particularly if we look at St Etienne. They, they are in trouble now. This is a full-blown crisis of form. What did you make of their performance, particularly that Jacqueline Hyde first and second half? I think it's pretty much as you said it. The first half was the 
what you'd sort of expect of the Saint-Étienne in the, in the form that they've been in recently. They just didn't turn up. They didn't look like a team. Um, Lyon looked pretty comfortable. Um, although, as you said, Dionne really should have scored quite early on. Um, the second half, they, they just showed a little bit more of attacking intent and, and showed that, firstly, that Lyon can be got at and, secondly, that, as I said before, Lyon don't seem to be able to put it together for a full 90 minutes at the moment. Um, but the fact is that they really are in the doldrums at the moment. They're not, they're not playing well. I mean, Salibur's kind of trying to hold the fault with, uh, with Fafana, but um, apart from them, there's not much going on otherwise. And Villa, who you know, occasionally has issues off the pitch, but You'd expect him to be a bit better on the pitch. He, he's the one who mucked up the other day against against Ras. And it seems like they're, to an extent, sort of taking turns to to have a bad game, to to sort of just put the team in trouble. Kabai, I, I really don't know what he's doing there. He really looks like a busted flush. And they're just constantly... It seems like if Buanga doesn't come up with something, no one else is going to. Mm. Um, and... That this match, I think, although they improved a lot, it was still and, and Lopez did have a little bit to do in the end. It was relatively comfortable for Lyon. Um, you know that they, they they had a couple of goals disallowed, a, a penalty shout as well, um, and they were all correct decisions. But it kind of still get, gave an indication that that even in the second half, they still had a lot of kind of attacking impetus. Um, and yeah, I think. It wasn't. It was a decent enough match, but I think as a as a derby, it almost felt like both teams were kind of forcing the fact that this is such a big match because neither of them are where they want to be at all this mm. season. But of clearly, Saint Etienne are, are in a lot more trouble than than, than Lyon. You know, only two points off the the playoff place. Even teams like Metz are ahead of them now. That they really are in trouble. <laughs> now again, looking at the, just looking at looking at things for the preview for later, and Santosin have got they've got Yohan Kabai and Matthew Debushi, and it just feels a bit like now that's what I call Leal twenty eleven. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, so you've got um, you know like Charles Abbey and some of the other younger people coming through, but. There just doesn't seem to be any coherence to them. Not um, ready either. Especially Abby. He looks so raw. He looks like a talent, but he looks so raw. Yeah. I feel for him. Yeah. So it's like this is a bit it's a bit early to be chucked into this situation in this bigger team. So um yeah, you look at the bottom of the table and they haven't won in five. Um Neem have had a bit of a check, but look better than that. There's, you know, there's still a, a world of narrative that's going to go on down that end of the table, and they are not out of it yet. Um, given that Nîmes and Dijon are both on 27, with Saint Etienne on 29, so yeah, trouble uh, trouble ahead if they don't get don't get results. Um, at the risk of uh, incurring the wrath of the Lyon fans, I feel like we have covered them a fair bit. So, Rich, I just want to get your thoughts on. Sanatian as well. Do you share the, the thoughts of the others in, in terms of where they, where they are and what they're going through at the moment? Yeah, I think 
the uh, Saint-Étienne fans uh, every right to be very, very worried about where the club's going. Um, I think part of this can come back to there's just a, a real lack of direction. I can't remember the last time they made what I would deem as a as a good signing. They seem to just be bringing in either some you know some old guard or taking a punt on some unproven player. They 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 they, had, they, they sacked their head of recruitment last week. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe maybe that it's probably it's, well head of recruitment outside of a transfer window probably is <laughs> restricting what can be done. But I, I just I just don't know where where the club is going. Um, you know they've got a whole load of really good youngsters. You know play them. The, the, these senior players aren't cutting the mustard in the slightest. Um, yeah, the club's just looking pretty rotten at the moment. Um, and I've said now for a week, two weeks now, I'm going to be surprised if Puel is, is still there come the end of the season. Um, yeah, I think there's there's every chance. Um, I don't see them finishing in the bottom two. I think the bottom two is, for me anyway, is pretty much done and dusted. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that playoff place, and then obviously whoever knows whatever happens in a in a... Uh, promotion relegation playoff but yeah the club's just looking a bit of a mess at the moment there's the, the issue with with Ruffier that's just leaving everybody a bit sort of miserable a bit sort of is this the kind of sort of squabble that we really need to be having right now um, yeah there's no real clear plan on, on Saint-Étienne I mean the same can be said for a lot of teams but Saint-Étienne shouldn't be here I would say their their team is good enough to not be where they are, but when you look at it on paper, you think, is it? Is, yeah. it? Mm. is it? Is it really good enough? You know, Saliba, yes, Fafana, yes, but they're eighteen and nineteen. They're they're still incredibly patchy. Still, there's still barely any games under their belts, mm. and then there's not a lot else. There really isn't. And as Jess said, if it's Buanga, who who's going to be producing the moment of magic and if he doesn't there, there really is nothing else yeah. saying that of course they'll put in an absolute masterclass against Ren <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, if, if you're a Santetian fan you, you are worried because there are teams around them who are winning games there are teams around them that are capable of putting together a little string of two three four wins and at this stage of the season that that starts to feel like that that could ultimately be enough in the long run. So, Saint Etienne, uh, you know, there's 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 very little good play. There's certainly no luck. Uh, results aren't coming coming their way. Um, yeah, it's it's all looking down at the moment. And uh, you know, I've been on a bit of a Saint Etienne downer this week. So, I don't particularly want to be. You know, they are a a club that should be. Um, much higher in the table and should be in the in the top flight, but the the way that they're playing at the moment and the way that the the club seems to be run, um, you know, there's mixed messages coming all the way down from the top where they've got that peculiar supervisory board or whatever it is with about four people, none of whom seem to be able to agree on, you know, whether they want a tea or a coffee. Um, at the board meeting so it's it's a bit of a mess at the moment and it, it really needs someone to come in take charge and, and put that club in the right direction again 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's an Etienne. Uh, certainly, that uh, we've guaranteed that they will beat Ren now after that criticism. So, well <laughs> done us. Um, looking back at a couple of other results, uh, we um, we did see a, a team who have certainly turned things around recently in Marseille. Get back to winning ways. They um, they won a thriller. Who'd have thought? Against Nîmes on Friday uh, by three goals to two. A hat trick for Dario Benedetto, who quite personally I'm quite pleased for. He's he's a good player um, and has struggled a little bit throughout the season, but he was back with a bang. Um, Fairhat actually puts the home side in front for Benedetto's hat trick, and Luca Doe got a late goal back. wasn't enough for the home side. Uh, PSG. Neem were really unlucky not to get a draw. From I thought they were. Yeah, again, I must admit, I only saw highlights, but based on that, it did seem like they had a fair amount for the play. So, um, yeah, Marseille will, will certainly take the benefit from that result. Um, PSG another on... another Mondonda howler in that as well. Just while I'm kicking the boot on people, <laughs> I have to throw that one in. There was a yeah. There was another uh, balls up from him that uh, coming for a, I think he was coming for a corner for the Luca Do goal injury time. Come for a corner and completely missed it. Yeah, there, uh, there was another one from him as well that was lucky not to go in. Sort of rolled along the line. It's a bit of a worry ahead of ahead of the Euros, as we say, assuming it goes ahead with everything that's going it's on not, in Europe. I'm not, I'm not particularly worried. <laughs> not not by the fact that that Loris can't catch a cold and Mandanda is also. Pretty average at best. I'm slightly concerned. In in Laurie's, I trust. Laurie's has been excellent since he came back from injury. Yeah, but he plays for Spurs, and I'll just leave that there. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, PSG Dijon four nil to uh, PSG. Pretty straightforward. In fairness, uh, Pablo Sarabia again on the score sheet. A couple for Mbappe on one forty cardi. Boy, did he need that after recent uh, events. Looks like Cavani has edged him back out of the starting lineup, so he'll be glad to have got a goal in that one. Um, Jez, a win away from home for Mets. Very reliable with the winner returning from his suspension. Um, a one-nil win away at Amiens. I'd be foolish to not give you the floor briefly for this one. Um, expected, I, I, I imagine not being the pessimist, but uh, big result that for, for your side. Yeah, not expected, but um, Mets have been in, in pretty decent form in 2020. And even though the couple of slips recently um, were partly due to pretty bad refereeing with a couple of harsh sending offs and then practically everything going against them against Lyon. But this is the type of match that, that Mets would absolutely normally lose. You know, not only help a team that hasn't won in 15 matches, but one that's a direct rival um, to, to try to stay up as well. So, um, yeah, fantastic result. And just a little bit like the, the recent, the last away match, or the last away match that they won against Nîmes, kind of a, a relatively early goal, a brilliant goal this time, um, and really solid defence. And it's amazing how much difference um, Bron and Pajot have made since they've come into the team. But also uh, a word for Kijo who's been fantastic in goal in the last couple of months. Mm, yeah, yeah, it has gone a little bit under the radar, that one, definitely. Um, and this one, also, this one was achieved without Diallo because he's been suspended. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, good point, yeah, good point. Um, and they, they need players like Belaya to step up in his absence as well, so it's a good, good start for him in terms of doing that. Um, another slightly slightly unexpected away win for Angers um, as they beat Brest 1-0 by Hogan, of course. Who else? Um, getting the the only goal of the game there. That's um, two wins on the spin for Angers now. So I think I think that's only the second time Brest have lost at home this season. Yeah, that's what I, I and think. And P- PSG were the only other ones to beat them. So yeah, 
I'm, I'm really hoping they stay up. I've liked what, what, what Brest have done this season. They've, they've sort of gone a little under the rate. I mean, I know they're still very much, um, you know, in, in that battle to avoid um, that relegation playoff. But, you know, they, they came up, you know, it's, I've been, well, put it this way, I've been really impressed with, with the way that they've done it. And that home form, yeah, there's been a lot yeah. of draws in that. The, that, home, eight, that home form has been eight in the home form table. Yeah, that's decent, isn't it? Yeah, especially given what you. Well, I think when you get promoted, like you're, it sounds a little bit defeatist, but your first uh, first sort of goal is stay up, isn't it? That and be hard to beat. That they are your first two goals, and and they seem to have done that very well. And it's it's just a question of, of building on it um, and staying in the division. The last thing you want to do is become that yo-yo club. Because uh, as as it's been proved by other teams, it's quite hard to get back when you are down there. Um, nice, I I jinxed Lorient, of course, last week as well. I have to throw that one in. They went and lost at home, so well done me. Um, but yeah, good good result that for uh, for Angers away from home. Um, good result for your boys away from home as well, Rich. Um, although it's kind of like kicking a blind man's stick away at this point, isn't it? To lose lost at home again. Um, Corrigo and uh, Malwasa with the uh, the late clincher, 2-0 victory there for Rich's men. Um, Monaco and Rams, um, not the greatest spectacle with Benyeda putting the home side in front for Kamara equalised for Rams. I think uh, Rykovic pulled off um, six saves in that and made the Lequipe's team of the week. He so was man of the match by he, a distance, he, yeah. He made his mark on that one. He's been very good all season as well. I think Jazz pointed that out um, on Twitter uh, over the weekend. He's he's been fantastic all season. So, yeah, rightly so in, that, in, in terms of that performance. And um, and it, I, I had to sort of double take. I forgot, of course, that both sides seventh and eighth respectively. So it was very much a mid-table clash. Mm. Um, which uh, speaking of which, Montpellier beat Strasbourg. Phil, you'll be hey. happy to know um, by three goals to nil. Uh, Savanier looks back to his best with two goals and uh, Gaetan the board with a goal sandwiching that as well um, good result another, for Montpellier another good result for another good goalkeeping performance because Strasbourg were all, all over Montpellier first mm-hmm. really mm. kept in it shows how Rulli, a score can be misleading really is I, it wasn't in a sense it wasn't until I went to see the match against Saint-Étienne at Marson because obviously when you watch the highlights, they show you the goals. Mm. They don't show you the obdurate and technically efficient goalkeeping performances. No. Um, but Ruli was really excellent in that. And um, I think obviously we were worried in the summer um, when what's it left for Monaco. Uh, yeah. But they, the replacement, he's been really good. He... Owns the area. He looks very solid on crosses. He's a good shot stopper, and he seems very comfortable with people crashing into him a lot, which happens. So, yeah, um, yeah very, very happy with a Geronimo. I believe they call that the the physical approach of Liga. I think is what we're supposed to technically <laughs> can say to that. But yeah, so yeah, Team Forty is now. Leon Montpellier in Monaco, all on forty points. Yeah, for six, which is which is just it's a weird, cluster. Frankly. Yeah, it is a cluster. And then there's Team Thirty Eight just below them, which is Rance, Nice, and Strasbourg. So yeah, yeah, it's still the 
the middle of the table, as we keep saying, is still really, really interesting. Yeah, there's a lot um, to play for down there, or middle there, I should say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of which, the team sort of leading that pack just ahead of it, well, six points clear of it, are Lille, who uh, also got another impressive away win this time at Nantes. Andrew and Andre with the winner. Uh, just at the hour mark there. Good result that for, for Lille, not ever an easy place to go and win, especially away from home. Um, and then Bordeaux and Nice was the only other game that I have failed to mention. Uh, Nicolas de Breville putting Bordeaux in front for Unas. Um, I didn't see this goal. Apparently it was a good goal. I didn't see it, I must mm. confess. I can't speak on on behalf of... Uh, They're both brilliant goals. Okay. Well, it's typical, the one game that I don't get to see. Um, <laughs> yeah, 1-1 one, one draw. Bordeaux, um, Jez, let me pick you up on this. Are they in a little bit of trouble all of a sudden? I mean... It, I wouldn't say they're they're looking over their shoulder per se, but um, form's been a bit iffy. They're now down to 12th, 36 points. Um, what, what do you think sort of going wrong with them at the moment? Um, I think that they're being managed, not coached, but managed sort of higher up by a bunch of complete idiots. And I think it's sort of dripping down to, to the football side of it as well. I think Sousa's working miracles. For me, he's one of the one of the coaches of the season. Um, I don't think they're in trouble in the sense that I don't think they'll go down, but Bordeaux as a club should be a lot higher than that. And it's sad that a team with such a good history and, and a very popular club overall uh, are being run by a load of chances and I worry that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, I think Bordeaux fans as well are, are really concerned about what's going to happen because yeah. the, uh, I don't think the, those in charge have got a clue what they're doing and I think um, they could very soon be in a lot of financial trouble. I wouldn't be surprised if Sousa walks in the in the summer um, just because, you know, I think he's, he's had he's, enough. He's better than, better than that. Mm. Um, I think they need to be very careful. They need to recruit well, but I'm not sure they're capable of doing that. No, Sousa will get offer, options and offers as well, particularly, you think, from, from Serie A, where he's sort of known quite well. There's a plenty of clubs in Serie A, I think, that would have a look at him who are struggling this season. So, yeah, I think they have to be a little bit careful there. Um, Rich, before I, I head back to Jez, before we do it, a little player profile. I just wanted to get yours and Phil's thoughts on the... Uh, draw that was made for the um, I was going to say the Europa League and it's not the Europa League is it the, the Nations League um, you know that trophy that literally nobody cares about well maybe they do I don't know um, unless like, England had won it and of course of course yeah how silly of me uh, proper trophy then of course um, what was your thoughts Rich first of all it, it looks like a fairly tough group on paper uh, it is it is I mean can you just I, I, remind us what it is, Chris, if you're going to ask me about it next? <laughs> Sweden, Portugal and... Croatia. Croatia, thank you. Yeah, had it oh. written, in my, written in my diary and I've put the wrong team down. That's clever, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, it does look tough. Sorry, go on, Rich. It is. It is. I find it really difficult. I, my, my, I, I'm, I'm putting it this way, I'm an idiot, okay? My brain still hasn't comprehended how this all works and in terms of what doing well in it actually correlates to. I think, I think it's ultimately to do with um, seedings in major tournaments. Yeah. Um, and you would like to think that going into um, the 
2022 World Cup, France as holders would be seeded fairly, but yeah, whoever knows. But yeah, they're they're obviously Portugal. No one wants to see France be, be Portugal again. It sort of still doesn't sit particularly comfortably comfortably with with many, considering what happened the last time in a in a European competition. Um, Croatia, obviously, they know them quite well from the the World Cup final. Um, and then Sweden, you know, they're 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 getting there. I think Sweden are back to where they sort of once sort of were. Um, it could have been far worse. Um, but in terms of you know, if Deschamps wants to take this to a degree of adding another competition success to his, his list, then um, it's a tough group, but it's certainly a manageable uh, and navig- navigable group for France. Yeah, yeah. Sweden's, um, I follow them fairly closely along with France and they are slowly but surely coming back to uh, a new generation. There's a lot of young talent that's coming through there, so they're not to be underestimated. Um, Phil, what do you think? And, and do you have any... Uh, do you have any sort of concerns about? What I, might I'll, this I'll stop you right there. Is <laughs> this for next year? Yeah. So this aren't is... we still already playing? We've this got a Euros year? first. Yeah, we, we, we've yeah, got a Euros haven't, first. Haven't haven't hasn't there been? Isn't the? Uh, is is this over for this season? The the Euro the um, Nations the Euro... League. Yeah. So the League is... of Nations. Yeah. This is the draw for Brought what happens... place after World War One. Not that one. Okay. This, 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 is, this is the... So when the Euros finishes, we go into qualifying for the uh, World Cup, but the Nations League has a bearing on the seedings Right, but the that, Nations League this season is done. As far as I'm aware, yeah. Who Correct won me if I'm that? Wrong. Portugal. Uh, Portugal. Portugal, yeah, that was the summer. That was the summer tournament. So they got the better seeding for the Euros based upon that. It's so it is confusing. But no, this season weren't we yeah. doing it this season? That this was season, there's a Euro. Yeah. So we've got the Euros. So this is essentially think of it as like the World Cup draw qualifiers being drawn while the Euros are on. It's kind of like oh, that. Just looking at. I'm no. I fuck this. I'm going to be watching a, between the Euro games. I'm going to be watching the Cup of Nations and uh, whatever else can just go jump. So. When we get there, we'll look again. I think it's fair to say. I'm, I'm still slightly worried about what's going to happen with the Euros with all this virus stuff going on. It seems that it's g- gathering a bit of speed in terms of worries about whether these games are going to get I would played. much rather the Premier League got cancelled. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We've, we've got a situation here where um, in France, gatherings over 5,000 people have been banned, but football matches are fine because there aren't roofs on stadia. Now, given what we know about the transmissibility of the coronavirus, which is that it, it's not airborne so much, it is passed by droplets. Uh, roofs are kind of irrelevant. It's uh, human proximity, which is the issue. So at some point, I'm sure games are going to start being played behind closed doors over here because the number of cases is rising in France. Um, and yeah, it's all well. going to be it's but it's all got extremely confused, and mm. nobody's quite sure if we're panicking too much or not enough. Yeah, and, it's all got very uh, messy all of a sudden. It seems that it sort of yeah. comes to the forefront of everyone's mind. It's yeah, it's probably one to comment on. I suppose really when when or if anything anything happens, but um, 
we'll leave that for a rainy day. Um, before we look ahead to the week's action upcoming, um, I'm going to transfer over to Jez now as we're going to do another quick FFF, which is another France future or France football future player and um, this week we're going to look at um, the man who's causing quite a stir in Lyon. Jez, uh, who is he and what do we know? His name is Ryan Shirky. He is, I think he, I was going to say he's 16. I think he's still 16. He definitely was when he made his debut. Um, and he's obviously, Lyon's got a great tradition of, of uh, yeah, he is still 16 till August. Um, um, a great tradition of, of bringing through kids and extremely talented ones. But this is one that arguably has been sort of the biggest name and the one that Lyon fans have been most excited about for, for quite a few years now. I was going to say until Yassin Benzio, but that isn't necessarily <laughs> a, great, a great recommendation. Um, he's an attacking player. He can play on either wing. I think that's probably his preference at the moment, but I'm sure he's destined to, to be a number 10 or even a second striker. Um, he's kind of broken records, age group records, for club and country, kind of everywhere he's gone. He's the youngest ever scorer in the UEFA Youth League last year at only 15. Um, made his debut for the Lyon first team this season. Um, scored against Bourg-en-Bresse in the, in the cup and became Lyon's youngest ever scorer. And then in the next round of the cup against Nantes, um, Lyon won, I think, 4-0. I think he scored to set up to and also won a penalty that, that was missed. So already, obviously, he's not yet a complete player. He needs to learn a little bit more defensive discipline. He needs to maybe have slightly better judgment about when to release the ball or not. But already he's showing um, that he's got the, the temperament and the ability. And I think everyone's very excited about um, you know the next couple of years and just how far he can go. When you think that he's, you know, he's a... He's younger than, than Mbappe was when he made his debut. So if you're comparing him to Mbappe, you could argue that he's already ahead of schedule. Um, he's two-footed, lots of skills, really good pass, good finisher as well. He genuinely can do it all. And um, it's just a question of whether he can put all that together, progress, keep his head on the ground, or feet on the ground rather, and um, and you know just see how far he can go. It sounds like he's got... A good parental unit behind him. Apparently, they they they've sort of become friendly with the Mbappe family because they've they've been in touch with them for advice on how to sort of guide him and and you know keep away from the the pitfalls of of someone who's a star that young. Um, I assume he's going to be in demand because obviously he's French. He's played for the French youth teams, but he's got Italian and Algerian parents. So um, certainly, Algeria have already shown interest but I wonder if Italy will try to get in there as well um, he really you know he has the potential to be a, a massive massive star yeah yeah agreed um, Rich anything to add to that are you, are you a fan of what you've seen so far uh, absolutely I'm, I'm you know very much trying to balance up I'm eager to see more um, but I also want to make sure that he is managed properly you know if I compare him to Inevitably, sorry that I have to bring him up again. But if you compare him to Camavinga, I do think, yes, he's been managed well, but 
we are perhaps just starting to see signs that he's tiring a little bit, which I think is understandable for your first sort of senior season and he's played a lot of football. So I think managing how much he plays and sort of just letting us, to begin with anyway, just sort of see it in, in, in fits and starts, just let him get a taste of being in and around that first team, bit of first team football here and there and, and sort of um, bring him into, into that setup gently, slowly, um, I think would, would do him the world of good because he is just so ridiculously talented, but also still so ridiculously young mm-hmm. um, that that really does have to be managed very, very carefully because at that age, you know, body is still developing. It, it would only take a, an unfortunate... Obviously, an injury can happen at any time, but when you perhaps don't quite know your body's capabilities, and certainly when you're then at, at, at the level of, of top-flight first-team football... You don't want him to be putting that under any unnecessary stress or unnecessary risk at this stage because that could obviously bring everything crashing down. So managing him carefully in terms of off the pitch but also on the pitch will be integral to his future. But he is an incredibly bright, bright prospect. And um, Olas will have a lot of Euro signs in his eyes. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's the worry, isn't it? I suppose, Phil, from that perspective, it's who might come sniffing in the summer. Well, but... I think, as, as Rich said, you know, he's played a lot of football, which you wouldn't think if you just look at his senior career. But as Joe said, he's played um, the UEFA Youth League and he was in that Gambardella 5-1 loss to PSG um, that we talked about a week or so ago, he's kind of being bounced from the youth team to the senior team and back again, depending on where he's needed, which must be quite tricky because obviously that's two very different contexts. So um, obviously the uh, like that Nantes match, yes, it's a Coupe de France match, but they are top flight opposition and to be that key in, in a game like that was really important. So if he can get to the end of the season, having played a couple more senior games, maybe got a cup, maybe got his first league goal and looks at next season as being the one where he really solidifies his place in the, the senior team, that would be brilliant. I can't see them selling him in the summer when he's only going to be 16 until midway through the transfer window. Mm. Um, you kind of hope that somebody would chuck a blanket over all us. <laughs> That's the worry. That far. <laughs> mm. um, because Leon is a great place for a young player to develop. And, you know, hopefully he can do that. And next season will really you know, make our, our hair stand on end. Yeah. I think he was relatively close to, to Juventus were very interested in him at one point. I think he was he wasn't that far away from joining them. So Leon moved and I think gave him a three year professional contract. And I'm sure yeah, he'll stay there for he's at up least till twenty twenty two. Yeah. Mm, but obviously that, um, that could just be a Mo Money situation for more or less. I, I can't see him going in the next couple of years. No, I think I'd that, hope um, not, but we all know what can happen. Sorry, guys, go on. No, I was just going to say that it was sort of, it was interesting that it, it was kind of, when they signed Toko Kambi and 
um, Cadawera in the in the January window, it was sort of known that he was pretty pissed off about that. So it was interesting that he kind of made such a point in those two matches where he got a chance in the two cup matches and even in a couple of Liga cameos that, you know, he should be there. There, were talk, there was talk of him being loaned out and that he should be there and it turned out that it was Cadawera who was loaned back to La Havre. So, he, you know, it shows he's also got pretty strong, um, I don't know, I guess, view of, of of his, you know, he knows that, that he knows as well. Chance at Lyon and is 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 able to kind of back it up with with the performances. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one that we will keep a close eye on. I think it, it's one of those classic cases of a player that you really hope stays put and gets game time, and like Rich said, avoids injury and hopefully uh, goes on to um, to perform at the top level, which I don't think anyone doubts. You know, the talent is there. It's now just about how he's managed. We shall see on that one but uh, as always if there is a particular player that you want us to look at um, please do get in touch and we will do our very best to uh, to um, sandwich them in as it were if you pardon the expression uh, anywho let's have a look ahead to the weekend's action um, we're recording this on a Thursday so tomorrow's game uh, is Marseille on a Friday um, not a Sunday for a change two Fridays in a row they face Amiens at home in eight UK time kickoff. Uh, we've then got the early game on Saturday, which is Strasbourg PSG, which ahead of the game against Dortmund, you'd expect a very much a changed PSG side. So that game might be worth a watch, 4.30, if you fancy that one. And then the multiplex games, we've got Nice-Monaco, which again, could be worth a watch, and the clock kickoff as well as Dijon-Toulouse, which won't be, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, <laughs> Angers-Nantes, possibly likewise. Uh, Met, Nîmes and Rams Brest are the games on the evening. And then on to Sunday, we've got St Etienne Bordeaux, which again, I think might be worth a watch in terms of that St Etienne really, really need to start winning games, particularly at home. And Bordeaux could do with snapping this uh, this sort of arresting period of of dullness. Uh, Rennes Montpellier, that's the, the rich Phil Derby. Uh, that's at four o'clock. And then we finish with Lille Lyon, um, which probably won't be a massive surprise to say is the game of the weekend. Um, could be quite an entertaining affair, you would imagine. Any other games from anybody stand out from that group that I haven't mentioned? The disappointico that is Santetti MV Bordeaux, surely is the, <laughs> is the is the one to look out for. That could catch up. Um, to, to jump in, Nice Monaco like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. To, to jump in, yeah, and... that's the the, the Vieira Migrenico, I think possibly. Um... I think to to jump in and and ahead of Jez, I would probably say Metz v Nîmes could be a pretty decent game to watch. It could also be a pretty impressive punch up, given um, what Nîmes have been up to recently. So uh, I don't understand cool. this this Nîmes punch up thing. Nîmes thirteenth in the fair play table. Montpellier is seventeenth, for example. Marseille East <laughs> Monaco below them. Yeah, it, it it is it is one of those. Sometimes you get that sort of impression from a team, don't you? Like you think you think they're going to be something, and then you actually look at it from the outside, and you go, actually, turns out they're not as as bad as they are. Uh, something that you couldn't level at someone like Stoke, for example, who very much were as bad as they were. But yeah, certain teams get. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! That's my family heritage there. Oh God, you you can't come on here and defend Stoke, surely? I can even... come on here and defend Stoke. My... Oh Christ! I am I am the only member of my family not from Stoke. 
Okay, you can defend the town, but you can't defend def- can't defend that football team. Surely. I can't. I can't. It worked when they were in the Premier League. It worked until they decided Mark Hughes was the answer. Oh yeah, I, I think anyone that decides Mark Hughes is the answer. So I, I can defend. What is the question? I cannot defend Mark Hughes. <laughs> you know that one day he'll pitch up in Liga now. You just know it's going to happen. <laughs> oh my lord, that would be. Yeah, either him or Tony Pulis. Crikey. Let's not focus on that any more than, than is necessary. Um, yeah, I okay. Think, um, the the RAS match could be, RAS breast could be a good match. Yeah. And yeah. as, as Rich sort of alluded to earlier, it's also between two very likeable clubs, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's one of those that you genuinely wouldn't, well, I personally wouldn't put my head on the block and say who's going to win it either. It's one of those that I think could be an entertaining affair. So, um, yeah, a couple of games definitely for us to keep an eye on ahead of uh, next week's pod. So we will, of course, cover those then. Um, as you will probably expect, we will be going fairly heavy on the PSG return game uh, next week, of course, because that's going to be the one that where everyone's focusing on. Just before we go, do we all agree that the PSG have still got plenty that, that should not so much make them favourites, but surely they, they've, they've still got a very good chance of coming through this tie. Anyone have any concerns about that? Yeah, massive, massive concerns. <laughs> yeah. I sat, we sat here after the first leg of that Man United game and thought, excellent, True. job done. Sail through, and then they, you know, balls it up as only they seem to be able to. So, the fact that they've only got a, a you know, the fact they've only got this one goal lead against a, a, you know, Dortmund not the greatest at the back, but so so dangerous going forward. Mm. And PSG, and PSG not, not great at the back at the moment. Well, no. I'd be I'd be I'd be very very worried um, if I was a PSG fan, but specifically if I was Thomas Tuchel because. Put it this way: if he if he doesn't get through on uh, on Tuesday, he, he ain't gonna have a job. I was gonna say he's gone, isn't he? Particularly with the likes of a certain ex Tottenham manager being available in the summer, um, and former PSG and, player and Mark Hughes, Mark and Mark Hughes, naturally, and Alan Kerbishley. <laughs> maybe maybe even Alan Pardew will be out of work again by then, so they could they could form quite the triumvirate there. Yeah, less. I would less put all my money on Allegri. That's also another shout. Didn't he recently buy property in Paris, or did I? That was, was Cooley Bally. Oh he, yes, of course, yeah. He, he was recently been... in Paris, but he was honestly just there to sign books. Honestly, and happened to do interviews with four different press outlets while he was there as well. Yeah, <laughs> who'd, who'd have thought? Who'd have thought that anyone would would do that? Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Well, we shall, uh, of course, see what the summer brings. Um, we'll have plenty to discuss with the Euros by then, but we will, of course, uh, keep in touch with any managerial changes. We don't expect any just yet, but as the uh, as the ladies and gents have said, I think it's a big week for PSG and Thomas Tuchel in particular. Well, we will, of course, cover that next week. Um, until then, though, um, it's time to go St Etienne Ren uh, for Rich, and it's time for us to get out of here as well. So uh, many thanks for tuning in, as always. Um, please do get in touch if there's anything that you want us to cover, as always. If there's any points you want to make, please drop us a line. We will be back next week, as I say, to cover that big PSG game and all of the weekend's action as well. So until then, uh, I just want to thank my colleagues. So thank you to Rich. Thank you very much. Thank you to Jez. Thank you. And thank you to Phil. Thank you. And as I say, we'll be back this time next week to cover all the action. Until then, enjoy your French football. We'll speak to you very soon.